welcome to the High Vibe and Healthy Podcast. My name is Fran Dargaville and I'm a functional nutritionist with a passion for gut health and real food. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hello, I hope you're having an awesome day. We are going to be chatting all about the thyroid today and how you can support your thyroid naturally. Now, I'm sure you've heard of the thyroid before, but you may not really understand what it is and what it actually does. So the thyroid is a small gland just located in the neck, and it's really our master metabolism regulator. Now, the thyroid regulates our metabolism by producing T3 and T4, which are our thyroid hormones. T3 is a hormone that controls energy levels, temperature, metabolism, heart rate, blood pressure, and also the development of a fetus. T4 controls how the heart functions, our metabolism as well, the health of the muscles and bones, and brain development. The thyroid also produces calcitonin, which controls the amount of calcium and phosphate in the blood. You may have heard of TSH, and you may have even had your TSH tested at your doctor's office. But TSH isn't exactly a thyroid hormone. It's actually produced by the pituitary to tell the thyroid how much of the various thyroid hormones it needs to produce. And we'll touch on that a little bit more in the episode. Now, thyroid dysfunction is extremely common. Around 10 to 20% of the Australian population have evidence of thyroid autoimmunity, which means that they have some degree of autoimmune antibodies related to their thyroid. And autoimmunity of the thyroid is actually the most common organ-specific autoimmune disease. These numbers are huge, right? 10 to 20% of the Australian population. But it's also believed that there are a huge portion of people out there who are undiagnosed. So today we're going to be looking more specifically at how to support an underactive thyroid as opposed to an overactive thyroid, because this is a lot more common. Before we get into the episode, I want to let you know about EstroSwitch from Switch Nutrition. Our hormonal balance can have a big impact on thyroid function. For example, too much or too little estrogen impacts thyroglobulin levels. And thyroglobulin is a protein which is a building block to our thyroid hormones. EstroSwitch contains key nutrients to support healthy hormones like broccoli extract, NAC and zinc, which can help reduce fatigue improve energy levels, and reduce hormone-related symptoms like PMS and menstrual cramps. So it's a potential game changer for thyroid support. Head to Switch Nutrition's website to get your hands on EstroSwitch and use the code HIVIBE to get 10% off. Now, let's get into the episode. Some signs and symptoms of an underactive thyroid include, bear with me because there are quite a few, sensitivity to cold. So you may notice cold hands and feet, and this is really common with people who have an underactive thyroid. Fatigue, weakness, dry, rough skin, dry and brittle hair or thinning hair, constipation. So I tend to work through a lot with my clients in terms of addressing constipation because there are many other root causes. However, when we've tried a lot of the foundational pieces, we definitely want to check out thyroid function because it can be a root cause factor in constipation. Unexplained weight gain, depression or low moods, difficulty concentrating and brain fog, joint pains, muscle aches and cramps, heavy or irregular periods, 
fluid retention, so swollen face, hands, ankles, or feet, difficulty falling or staying asleep, enlarged thyroid gland or goiter, fertility issues, and a slow heart rate. Now, some of these are non-specific symptoms, which you may have heard me touch on that term various times on the podcast, which means they can be attributed to different things. For example, fatigue. But if you have many of these signs and symptoms together, then it's definitely worth investigating as to whether underactive thyroid could be something that is contributing to your symptoms. I touched briefly on the different thyroid hormones and testing before, but I did just want to mention if you have had testing done by your GP and you've only had TSH testing, it's really important that you do get further testing done because your TSH could be normal, yet you could have thyroid antibodies or low T3 or various other things going on that could be contributing to your symptoms. And when you're only testing TSH, you're not getting all of that information that you need to really understand what's going on and to rule out any issues with your thyroid. Interrupting this episode for just a minute to let you know how we can support you. If you're struggling with frustrating gut symptoms like IBS, bloating or reflux, we're here to help. We have a range of options from an affordable self-study course to a VIP program with a high level of support. Head to frandargaville.com forward slash high vibe to learn more. And if you have any questions about the programs or which one is right for you, send me a DM on Instagram. My Instagram handle is my name. That is F-R-A-N-D-A-R-G-A-V-I-L-L-E. And I would absolutely love to chat with you. Okay, let's get back to the episode. Now we're going to cover my top tips for supporting your thyroid naturally. Number one is to balance your blood sugar levels. Blood sugar dysregulation can impact thyroid function. And on the other hand, thyroid function can impact your blood sugar regulation as well. So this can become a bit of a vicious cycle. If your blood sugar is out of whack, just taking thyroid supporting supplements or eating seaweed isn't really going to get you anywhere. So it's really important that you look at this key piece because it's going to have a big impact on your thyroid function and your health and how you feel on a whole. My top tips for supporting blood sugar regulation are to have adequate protein. So we want to aim for around 25 grams with each meal, which looks like 100 grams roughly of meat or fish and quite a large serve of plant-based protein foods like tempeh, for example. So you want to check in that you're getting as close as you can to that 25 grams with each meal. We also want to be mindful of our sugar intake as well. So just aim to keep this to a minimum. And if you're having any sweet or sugary foods, ideally have them after you've had a meal containing adequate levels of protein. Another tip for supporting blood sugar levels is to eat your food in the right order. So we want to start with fiber-based foods. So your leafy greens, fermented veggies, those sort of things. They basically help stabilize our blood sugar when we eat them first. Then we move on to proteins and fats, and then you can move on to the carbohydrate-based foods after that. Now, just the way that you eat your foods, the order you eat your foods in can have a massive impact on how that food actually impacts your blood sugar levels. It really helps stabilize your blood sugar levels to eat your food in that order. And I like that tip as well because it doesn't necessarily have to change what you're actually eating. It's really just changing how you're eating and the order you're eating your food in. The next tip is to repair your gut. Leaky gut, which we covered a couple of episodes back, 
can play a key role in the development of autoimmune thyroid condition, Hashimoto's, in people who are susceptible to that condition. You can support the repair of your gut by reducing your intake of alcohol and processed foods and focusing on a nutrient-dense whole foods diet. With gut-supporting foods like probiotic fermented foods, for example, sauerkraut and yogurt, and prebiotic foods like onion and cooked and cooled potatoes. The next thing to focus on is balancing your hormones because your hormones can impact how your thyroid functions. And again, vice versa, this is a two-way relationship. Generally supporting your health on a whole, eating well, staying hydrated, focusing on sleep, all of these things support balanced hormones. But if you suspect you have imbalanced hormones, if you have, for example, challenges in terms of perimenopause or menopausal symptoms or PMS symptoms or menstrual cramping or anything like that, these are all signs that there's something going on with your hormones. So in that case, it's best to specifically address what is going on with some functional lab testing, and then you can address the imbalanced hormones in a targeted way. The next thing to look at is sleep because lack of sleep has been shown to impact thyroid function. And it also pretty much impacts every other body system as well. So prioritize getting enough sleep, whatever that looks like for you. And ideally that's going to be around seven to nine hours. And I find most people do better, women specifically that have a lot on their plates with a minimum of eight hours a night as often as possible. Now we're gonna to touch on some specific foods. So iodine is a critical nutrient for thyroid function because its job is to help make thyroid hormones T3 and T4. So if we don't get enough iodine, which most people don't, the body can't make adequate levels of these thyroid hormones, which can lead to an underactive thyroid. Now, this is a bit of a delicate balance though. It's not really a case of more is better because too much iodine also increases the risk of hypothyroidism, especially Hashimoto's, which is that autoimmune thyroid condition. Excess levels of iodine can actually slow down the production of thyroid hormones and damage thyroid cells. However, as I mentioned, most people aren't getting enough. It's just good to check in that you're not overdoing it as well. So the recommended daily intake of iodine for both women and men is 150 micrograms a day. And the upper limit is 1100 micrograms a day. But studies have shown that there are adverse impacts in people with autoimmunity at around 300 micrograms a day. So we want to get enough, as I said, so at least 150 micrograms a day, but we want to aim to not exceed the 300 micrograms a day on a regular basis. Seaweed is the best food source of iodine. So nori sheets, which are the seaweed sheets used to make sushi, have around 40 to 107 micrograms per sheet. And dulse flakes, which you can often find in health food shops. They're in a little shaker and you can just shake them over smoothies, salads, curries, anything like that. You can hardly taste them. They're a great source of iodine as well. So around a gram of dulse flakes is around 167 micrograms of iodine. And as I said, these things are great to include, but we just want to be sure that we're not overdoing them. Selenium is another really important one for thyroid function as well. And food-based sources of selenium are awesome because they're really well absorbed compared to the inorganic or synthetic form of selenium. Some great food sources of selenium include Brazil nuts, seafood, certain types of meat like liver and ham, chicken and eggs. 
So we want to aim to get around 55 micrograms of selenium a day. And a great way to do this is to just have a Brazil nut every single day. So each Brazil nut has between around 68 and 91 micrograms of selenium. So that helps you meet your daily selenium needs from just one Brazil nut, which is pretty awesome. And again, we don't want to overdo this either. So we don't want to be having tons of Brazil nuts every single day because you can overdo the selenium as well. Just something to be mindful of there. We also need enough zinc to produce T3, T4 and TSH and iron as well, which helps convert T4 into T3. And there are other nutrients like omega-3s, B vitamins and vitamins A and E, which also support optimal thyroid function. So if you're generally eating a nutrient-dense diet, you should be ticking a lot of these boxes. But there are a couple of things that people do struggle to get adequate levels of, the iodine and selenium, as I mentioned, zinc as well, and iron in some people as well. So if you're not eating a lot of red meat or a lot of protein-rich foods in general, then you definitely want to check in on your iron levels and see whether they could be impacting your thyroid function. Now, we've chatted about things that we want to do lifestyle-wise, food-wise, and some certain nutrients that we want to add in. I do just want to touch on something that we want to consider looking at and potentially minimizing or removing, and that is goitrogens. So that's a little bit of a mouthful. I do struggle to say that one, but goitrogens are naturally occurring substances that can actually interfere with our thyroid function. And goiter is actually the enlargement of the thyroid gland. So for people who have thyroid problems, high intakes of these goitrogens can worsen their thyroid function by blocking iodine. So goitrogens can actually prevent iodine from entering the thyroid gland. And as we've already touched on, that iodine is needed to produce thyroid hormones. It also interferes with TPO, which is one of the building blocks to our thyroid hormones and reduces TSH, which we spoke about before. And that TSH actually helps the thyroid gland produce hormones. Now, these goitrogens are found in lots of different foods, including lots of healthy foods as well. Some examples of goitrogenic foods include cruciferous vegetables like kale, cauliflower, and cabbage, soy products like soy milk and tofu, and even certain fruits and veggies like strawberries and sweet potato. Now, as you know, a lot of these foods are healthy foods, so we don't want to give them up altogether. In some cases, that might be necessary, but you can actually significantly reduce the levels of these goitrogens by cooking a lot of these foods. So that's a really helpful way that you can still enjoy them without having such an impact on thyroid function. And if you don't have any issues with your thyroid, if you've done a thorough investigation, then don't feel that you need to give up or reduce these foods, but cooking them isn't going to do you any harm either. Before we go for any supplementation or any medication or anything like that, of course, we really want to make sure that we've done a thorough investigation and we know exactly what's going on. So see your doctor or practitioner for thorough thyroid testing, but please note that most doctors are only going to test TSH and in some cases they'll also test T4, but this really doesn't provide a complete picture of thyroid health. So for example, these two tests on their own don't actually tell us if you have thyroid antibodies, which is key information in diagnosing Hashimoto's. So it's really important to do that full thyroid panel. And when I say a full thyroid panel, I mean, yes, TSH, that is helpful, but also free T4, free T3, reverse T3, and also the antibodies. So the TPO, 
ATG and TSH receptor antibodies. This, along with general labs as well, is going to provide a really thorough and helpful picture into what's actually going on with the function of your thyroid. And then once you have that information, supplements can be targeted to your needs. So supplements can be really helpful with an underactive thyroid. It's just really important that they're personalized to you. And this is something that I highly recommend speaking to a practitioner about and getting personalized advice because there is no one size fits all here. And when it comes to thyroid function, sometimes medication is absolutely necessary and that's okay. You might find that all these lifestyle pieces and making sure you're ticking these nutrient boxes really helps and gets you a long way. But in some cases, medication is absolutely necessary. And there are people that find so much relief from these symptoms when they do receive medication for their underactive thyroid. If any of your thyroid labs have been out of range in the past and you're supporting yourself with supplements and medication and maybe diet and lifestyle, Make sure you're checking in with these labs and those ranges on a regular basis just to make sure that everything is working for you and you're on the right track. Okay, so let's recap on some of these key ways you can support your thyroid naturally. First step is to balance your blood sugar levels. Second step is to repair your gut. Next, we want to look at supporting our hormones and balancing out our hormones if needed. And then we want to prioritize getting enough sleep and quality sleep as well. Next, I mentioned those key nutrients. So iodine, which is generally found in seaweed in really high levels. And you want to make sure that you don't overdo that as well. As I mentioned, more is not better. And same with selenium. And selenium is really supportive of our thyroid function as long as you're not overdoing it. And a Brazil nut a day is a great way to get in your daily selenium needs. And those other important nutrients like zinc, iron, B vitamins and vitamins A and E, which also support optimal thyroid function. And finally, I touched on those goitrogens, which includes things like kale, cauliflower, cabbage, all those cruciferous vegetables, soy products, and also certain fruits and vegetables. So you can reduce the content of goitrogens in those foods by cooking them, lightly steaming them, cooking them any way you want. And it's just really good to be mindful as you might be eating a lot of these things. You might find you need to reduce your intake, swap some of these even healthy foods out for, you know, other foods that are lower in these goitrogens and prepare them properly so they're not going to impact your thyroid function. So I hope you found this helpful. If you have any questions at all or anything you'd like me to cover in a future episode, please reach out to me. And as a reminder, you can also submit a question now. So if you head to frandargaville.com forward slash ask Fran. You can submit a question that can be anonymous if you like. And as long as it's something that's going to be supportive for a lot of our other listeners, then I will answer that on a future podcast episode. So I hope you found this helpful. I'll catch you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the High Vibe and Healthy podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to reach your health goals, head to frandargaville.com. To connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at Fran Dargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.